0: Ranger. <laughs> the saying? unsuspecting stranger, strange. <laughs> the better knowing the truth from wrong from right. I'm
1: muting both of you.
0: Silver Ranger, I'm on you. Any wrong see. When you're in Texas, look behind you. Oh
2: my <laughs> God!
0: Where the gonna be.
1: This is the absurd journey
2: of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast.
1: All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. We got Corey and James in studio. James's uh, leg is healed. He's walking. Thank you, Jesus.
2: He's <laughs> still a grade three strain, but I'm, I'm getting there. Grade three. That's what it is, bro. It's a calf strain. All right, All right. I believe you. Uh it's twenty twenty two. You can't say what you're thinking. Praise God.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my God. It
0: won't hold up.
1: It won't hold up. <laughs> oh, that should be that should be an episode. Things from our youth that did, that absolutely did not hold up today. Oh man. But that is not what we're <laughs> talking about. Not today. Going there. <laughs>
0: figure we'll wait a few more episodes before we try to get canceled.
1: Okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So listen, uh, I got something I want to know. I want to know, uh, what is something that you are bad at mm. that you so wish you were good at? Mm. What is something that you're bad at that you so wish you were good at?
2: Go ahead. You got it. I'll, I'll go first to get this out of the way. Cause it's going to pain me to even say this. So, while I'm I'm poetic I have a I can do things with words that's like a gift thing. I thought when I was in high school because I like can do things with words and write poetry I thought that I was a dope rapper so I joined a rap
1: group called <laughs> But what was your name?
2: Huh? Oh no, it, my name was it, I just James Talbert I was always <laughs> JT I was always just but I joined a rap group called The Affiliation. <laughs> oh my God. I joined a rap group called The Affiliation. And yes, we were dope. We literally sold over 100 mixtapes at Barberton. Over 100? Which we bragged about. Were they actually tapes? No, they were CDs. Okay. Yeah, so they were, burned, they were burned CDs. Well,
1: listen, we, we still had radio and tape recorder. You know, I didn't know what he did.
2: It was burned CDs at BHS, the Barberton High School. We sold over 100. Uh, and our songs were the song on our MySpace pages. Yes. Um but yes. I was thought the
1: affiliation I, all in your top five?
2: No, no, oh, no, no. no. the affiliation That's was like it carried away. <laughs> the affiliation wasn't all in my top five. There's too many. Too many to be in the top eight. Um I yeah, I thought I was really dope then, but I listened back and I realized that my voice is just not one for rapping. Mm. Like I say words slowly, like uh-huh it wasn't for rapping like i had no flow no cadence like i was I, I was disrespecting the art form a little bit so like i was disrespecting the art form i love deeply so i thought i was a dope rapper but i am not i am not a rapper did you hear him say, "I
0: listen back," as in like that sounded like present? You sense. have these. In which you case, have these. That would insinuate I, know, I know where that. they're at,
2: but no, no. Shout one's. out,
0: shout out to Ob because I know, <laughs> I know, my guy. Oh, I know you got him. Listen, bro, the offer still stands. Whatever you need, I got you. I just need those tapes, my guy. I think we're gonna need those to be the intro on the next
2: episode. If they cannot. That will definitely get canceled. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely.
0: You're saying that your raps wouldn't hold up.
2: Oh, oh heavens no!
0: <laughs> oh heavens no! Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, two thousand, two thousand six, two thousand six. Snyder would not hold up.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, all I, gosh. all I can hear is that like Instagram. actually like, do you remember any of the rap that you did? <laughs> my mind don't change. It.
2: It <laughs> 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 oh my god! Yeah, gosh. man. I mean, it was bad, man. I sound like a mix. It's like if Lil Wayne and Maya Angelou had a baby. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like it's Wait,
0: terrible. that kid's got talent,
2: though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but, he's
0: saying he, I had talent. I just not, didn't have. Not rhythm rap. and flow. <laughs> yeah, it
2: wasn't. It wasn't good. It was like my Andrew cadence with a Oof. with a Lil Wayne voice. It was terrible. Oh, oh. Off-brand. Yeah. <laughs> Off brand. Yeah. Off brand. Aldi brand. Yeah, it wasn't Totino's pizza rolls. It was the Aldi ones.
0: <laughs> Called pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> which are literally in our freezer right now i don't know why, yes. like, why i'm laughing that hard all right sorry what about you uh okay, all right all right
1: you're gonna appreciate me admitting this one um okay, something that i wish i was good at that i am not um i am utterly horrific
0: when it comes to any sort of a budget Oh, this I'm, is recorded. I'm terrible. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, y'all heard that, right? Oh, I'm hallelujah. so
1: bad. I know that I'm bad. I have so many accountants in my family and mm. I just want Shout uh, Margie. I, right? Yeah. Right. I want to be good. I want to be good. But like, you know, I I I like I like to get things for the kids. And you know, when when everybody wants to go get ice cream, it's fine. It's fine. Like I just I I wish that I was. I wish that I was good at budgeting. I regretfully ran our house budget for a little while out of necessity, and thank the Lord, Corey has learned that he is
0: significantly better at spreadsheets than I am. Rose, it's what's crazy is that like. <laughs> Like she plays with your mind because she's so confident about how bad she is. Like (laughs) she like I'll be I'll be like, dang, I really want to, like, pull the trigger on, you know, buying X, Y and Z. But we don't we don't have the money right now. And she'll look at me. She'll be like, listen, (laughs) you never spend money on yourself. Just it'll be fine. Just do do it. Just do it. And I'm like, no, babe, you're not looking at the account like we can't do it. She's like, look, hey. Hey. Hey, look, come on, it'll be fine. I'm like Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Idea. And then as soon as I do it, I'm like, no, you were wrong. <laughs> you, like, no. Now we suffer. Now we eat now we eat pizza rolls called pizza
2: rolls. <laughs> not the Tostitos. <laughs> not
0: the tostitos. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I didn't see you complaining when I accidentally hit a drop on the sneaker app. I said, Do you want me to cancel this? And you said no.
0: They're on my feet right now. (laughs) In Jesus' name. You're Um, welcome. Yeah, you know, my answer to this question really depends on like how um you know how how compelled I feel to like bond with other people that I that I love and care about. So like what I what I mean is like I feel like one of the things that uh, a lot of people around me are already really good at or a lot of people right now I don't know if it's like an age thing like coming into your you know being in your 30s now or whatever but a lot of things one of the things that a lot of people around me are starting to get into and get really good at that I just am absolutely absolutely horrible at is golf Oh, um, <laughs> like bro so many of our friends are like yeah man you wanna go out and hit nine today and I'm like I don't even know what that means bro like I don't I don't uh, what and you no. tried I did try. So, I mean, I think I've told the story on here before of like the Christmas where your dad got me a golf lesson and, you know, that we spent 30 of the 60 minutes trying to figure out if I was right or left-handed. Like it's it's complicated out here. Like I don't <laughs> something about the the way that like my money dribble dribbles or like you know like it just doesn't
1: no you were just that bad on both
0: sides yeah man like something just doesn't even compute to me and like honestly i've discovered that like if i um if i just if if i if i give myself to it I find myself just getting more and more frustrated. But so many people that I like know, love, and like would want to spend time with, like are on the golf course. They're probably on the golf course right now. It's Friday afternoon, like in June. It's June now.
2: Like, it probably. For a real talk, eight of our dearest friends, sorry, seven, me, you, and Easter Day don't golf. Yeah. I'm just assuming that because Easter Day grew up. Where I did. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're just assuming Easter Day with us. Easter Day, please, please confirm whether or not you
0: golf. When I don't you go know if you after or not.
2: <laughs> Easter Day. I'm going to check on it later. I'm going to yeah. call you. You might bro. be offended now. You he might like, be offended. I'm a great golfer. But I'm just guessing because <laughs> Easter Day's from Barberton. <laughs> my part of Barberton, he don't golf either. But, but seven of our dearest friends, Man, maybe eight, maybe Easter they're Day. They're probably on a course with each other right now. They might. It okay, could be. They very well – I know d and Max, Dish, uh, yeah. Ron, Ron Golfs. I yeah. top golf. I, yeah, I can't even do that I don't even properly. Do that well. I can't even do that properly. I'm just in it for the food and the, and, and the, the yeah, and the
0: camaraderie. Like yeah. I love being there with my people. It's it is a lot of fun. I'm awful, but it's a lot of fun. I play with left and right-handed clubs and still trying to figure it out, but it's a lot of fun. I have fun. So, yeah, I think golf is probably that thing for me that I wish that I'm really bad at, but I wish I wish I was good at. And every year I think I'm going to get better and I just never get around to it. Um <clears throat> I think one of the biggest reasons that I want to be good at golf is because like your dad and your brothers golf and they're good at golf Um, and my brothers golf and they're good at golf. And like what I know about both of our sets of brothers is that they're incredibly competitive people Um, They're the type of people that you like love to be competitive with. If you're good, like because (laughs) there's no room to suck. There's nothing more satisfying than beating either of the sets of our brothers <laughs> at literally anything. I don't care if it's Uno. Like, if I win, I feel so good about myself. Because they're just the kind of people that, like, when they try it or they do something, they're just good at it. And there's no rhyme or reason. And that used to, like, growing up, they used to drive me nuts. I'm like, dang, why are my brothers, like, they're just good at everything that they do, and it makes me so mad. And recently, you know, in just, you know, 30 plus years of watching this happen (coughs) in front of my face, I recently discovered the secret. And I actually, this is the point of our podcast today, I actually believe that it might be a secret and a key to life. Um, you, you know what it is? I discovered, I discovered that the reason I think that our brothers are good at everything that they do is because they only do things that they're really good at. Uh. if they're bad at it, they make fun of it. So you think that it's stupid (laughs) and then you don't want to do it. But really, it's just because they're bad at it. But if they're good at it, they're like, you're not good at this. What's what's wrong with you? Right. And I actually believe that a key just in this phase of life, like I'm starting to believe that a key to our lives, like how many of our friends do you know are unhappy at their jobs right now? How many are unhappy, like with 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 their schedules and the things that they do? Right. No comment. Man, the reality is, like, it's because a lot of our homies are out here in jobs that they hate because they're being asked to do things that they're bad at or they're being asked to do things that they've had to, like, learn to be good at, but they're doing it with so much of their time that it leaves little room for the things that they are actually naturally good at. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, am I tripping?
2: Have you seen this?
1: That makes sense.
2: Yeah, man, I see it all the time, and I think, like, just what we're programmed into, especially like at the type of college we went to, like we're programmed into, it's like, yo, I paid all this money to go to this college, like to learn this skill, to learn this skill. Like yeah. I be- I better do it mm-hmm. and I better do it well. Like one of the best examples of this I can think of is like the homie Alex, he was my RA and Alex, like he loved math. Like shout out to Alex, like college algebra would not have been a success without you, bro. Thank you for uh, condescending to teach me algebra again because <laughs> BHS didn't. So thank you, Alex. <laughs> it just passed me because I played football. God bless him. But <laughs> yes, but Alex actually went and did observations at the school and he made like one of the bravest decisions. Like he was in there observing the classroom and he's like, yeah, I don't want to be a teacher. I don't really fool with teenagers like that. Mm. So then he like added another year to his degree and stayed there like a whole another year and like got an accounting degree and like loves what he does now. Like yeah. shout out to Alex. Mm-hmm. But how many? Yeah. How many people can we think of who didn't do that? Yeah. Who just like stuck it out?
0: Stuck it out because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, we were talking about this when I think right before we hit record, but like how much of my life is genuinely different in the last year or so because the people that are on my team, like around me, that are taking things off of my plate. Cause like I come, I come from the school of like do it all yourself, like grind, get it done. But what I learned about the school of, do it all yourself, work really hard, grind to get it done, is that it, that leads you to uh, the early patient nursing home of strokes and heart attacks. Uh-huh. Like, that's not a good way to, like, handle life. Um, and so when I started, like, letting my team around me uh, take things off of my plate, that it started with just the things that I'm really bad at, bro, shout, shout out to Tipra. Like for the longest time, I'm still not convinced that Tipra is like not a saint or an angel or something <laughs> like Tippra took so much off of my plate that I'm so bad at that. Like, I realized I had a whole nother, like I had whole other, like uh range of movement, range of motion that I like completely forgot that I even had, because I was like weighed down by all of this stuff, you know? And then and then KT comes along, you know, like and like the, the people who are around me started taking the things that I'm not good at or I shouldn't be doing anymore. And my work life in the last year and some change is so much different and I'm so much better at my actual job now just by getting rid of the things that I'm not that I, that you really shouldn't trust me. To do, it's crazy.
1: You know, I think one of the things that we see people do too is stay in places, whether it's employment or volunteer things or whatever. We stay in places because we love the people, Mm -hmm. but we don't realize how much everything else is like sucking the life out of us. Like my job that I had right before this. I love, we're we're sitting in the building that I used to run. Like I love all of the partners here. I love the people I got to work with. Like my boss had been my boss in a a previous job and like, he's our neighbor. Like, like I, like I love the people Mm -hmm. that I got to work with. I felt like I got to work with them. I felt like I got to see them every day, Yeah. but I didn't realize how much of the tasks that I did were really, like, far left-handed for me. And, I mean, they were just so far out of what I am naturally good at. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it until everything shut down in 2020, like, for the pandemic. And I was doing my job from home, so then I had all this other free time to start doing all these other things. And so I started, like, writing articles and submitting articles to places and, like, doing just a, a totally different type of work because I just suddenly had the time and then when it was time for us to go back into the office, I like grieved a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose all this time that I had doing all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I wrote, I wrote so much curriculum for third street. I wrote so many articles for propel. Like I did so much writing and things from home and I honestly was better yeah. at my actual job. I got my actual job done in such a short amount of time. And then I had all this time to do all these other things. And when it was time to come back into the office, like I went right back to this mental place that I was just like, man, I didn't, I didn't see how much was sucking the life out of me because I love all of the people Mm -hmm. that I got to serve and the people that I got to work with and, and the brainstorming and the ideas and all that. But, but that part was only like 10%. Mm-hmm. Of what I was doing. And I remember going into a meeting. I was going over to a meeting with my boss and Corey was like, Listen, <laughs> he, he said, You can do Just like, don't quit. Yes. He goes, Just <laughs> don't quit your job at this meeting. He's like, We're not ready for that yet. He's like, So go into this meeting, like like, you know, process whatever you need to process, but I just need you to not quit your job. And I came back and he's like, How'd it go? I was like, I'm so sorry, I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like being married to me, um, but but yeah, I mean, and
0: it, she wonders why kids don't listen. But that's none of my business. <laughs> we'll edit this part out. Shout out to Jonathan.
2: Jonathan. No,
1: no, but I mean, it, like that's. I feel like that's a huge part of it is that we don't want to. We don't want to let people down, or we don't want to not. We're afraid we're not going to see our friends anymore. So you know, we're afraid we're not going to see the people that we love anymore. So we stay in positions that are actually like hurting us so much more than we're helping than they're helping us yeah.
0: outside of our 40 hours a week in the office. It's having an effect on right,
1: us. Yeah. right, right. Like, it, yeah, it, I don't know. That's just, that's something I, I feel like I see as well mm-hmm. is that we're afraid to make decisions um, because we don't want to hurt people. Yeah.
2: yeah. And what, what I think is so impactful about the idea of like diving into what you're good at, like, In Plato's Apology, like, Socrates is on this mission to find wisdom. So he goes and he tries to, like, find people who are really good at things. So he goes to, like, the person who keeps the horses, and he talks to them. And he finds them as the wisest person when it comes to horses. He goes to the middle worker, and he finds the middle worker as the person who has ultimate wisdom when it comes to middle working. But his ultimate conclusion is that none of them are wise at all because they think because they are good and supremely wise at that one thing, that they're supremely wise at everything. Mm. His ultimate conclusion in the apology is that true wisdom is knowing like what you are good at and what you are not good at. It's knowing what you are and what you're not. And I think like in a spiritual sense, like the reality for all of us as Christians is we believe that like we're created in the image of God. And all of us uniquely bear God's fingerprint in a different and unique way. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, when I try to dive into things that I'm really, like, not good at and things that, like, yeah, are just (laughs) not for me, I think in many ways it's me saying, like, God, you created me wrong. Like, God, I'm (laughs) going to, like, I'm going to do this even though, like, God, you literally didn't get me to do this. I mean, like, I'm a big dude. Like, I probably shouldn't, like, I probably shouldn't be a yoga instructor. (laughs) Like, it's probably like I'm like I'm a big dude. Maybe God didn't create me to be a yoga instructor. Like, like maybe that's maybe that's not it for me. But in like a but in like a more real sense, like I work. At a high school with some like really really gifted folks, like yeah, my co teacher is a woman who's like brilliant, she's a brilliant theologian. She's just yeah, she's a polyglot. She speaks like five languages. She's, oh ab- she's like she's absolutely brilliant. Shout out Maddie P. Like she's so brilliant. The reality is like when I'm in spaces with her and we're talking about like our course curriculum, like it's not for me to question her in course curriculum. She has a <laughs> master's degree in curriculum and instruction. It's, it's literally not for me to like, yeah. to try to like develop like our curriculum because mm-hmm. I can't in a way that she can, but there are things that I can lend to it. <laughs> like you know, pastorally and theologically, there are things that I can lend to it that does make it better. There's like ideas I can lend to it, and like creativity I can lend to it mm-hmm. that like helps a ton. But like when it comes to like the nuts and bolts of like this is the lesson plan, this is the unit, <laughs> this is where we're going, no chance in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like no chance in the world. And I think like maturity mm-hmm. is really saying like, you know what, God, you created <laughs> you created me in this way. Yeah, and you know what. I'm going to like give myself to this and these other things I'm going to delegate through that delegation. I'm going to find true liberation. Yes.
0: We teach this, we teach this principle when we're, we're coaching organizations and leadership development. Like we teach this principle. That's always, it's always continuously surprising to me how like mind blowing it is. It is for folks. Like I preface with that to say like, this is by no means like this, like insane gold nugget. That is going to like, you know, like shake the foundations of the earth, but also has proven for many people to be a very practical and helpful daily tool. We talk about the the 70-30 principle, The balance is actually 70-30, 70%, 30%, not 50-50, right? 70% of your time. Uh, ought to be spent. And I would, I would extend this to, uh, I would extend this to in the workplace, like your job description <clears throat> or the ways that the ways that you carry out your job description, 70% of your time ought to be spent on what we would consider your unconscious competence. 70% of your time should be spent on your unconscious competence, unconscious competence, meaning I don't even think about it. This is just what I do right like i don't even need like this doesn't this doesn't take like tons of prep tons of like brain weight tons of like energy it's just like naturally what flows out of me i would say as as god created you to be it's what you're just naturally good at would you say that's something that
1: like if somebody were to ask you hey can you teach somebody how to do this you're like how do i even teach them how to do this i just do this
0: that's yes it's it's, okay. it's like that right what's one of the things where it's like you probably struggle To pass it on because you're like, I don't know how to tell you to do it. I just do it. Yeah. Just like you said. Um, And then, so that's 70% of your time. Now, 30% of your time ought to be spent doing things that are, would be considered a conscious competence. In other words, like they're, they're more like learned competences. They're more like I'm aware or I have, I have focused time and energy on getting good at these things. But just because you're good at them, and I think a lot of people maybe even listening to this are saying like, like, yeah, yeah, like I hate my job, but I'm good at my job, right? Like <laughs> just because you are good at it or you've learned to be good at it doesn't mean that it's life-giving. And so stuff like that probably shouldn't take up more than 30% of your time and weight, right? One of those things for me and big hair, might argue, argue with me on this one, but I would say that I've spent time getting good at spreadsheets, right? I don't care what big hair says. I'm good at it. Okay. (laughs) Like I don't like doing the balancing of spreadsheets and playing with numbers and money and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I don't like that part of my job. I've had to learn to get good at that. So I probably shouldn't spend more than 30% of my hours doing things like that, or else that becomes like life-sucking. Like that starts to affect like my health and affect like the things that uh the things that I like want to do, but all of a sudden I find myself in like a really cruddy mood because I just spent all day looking at a looking at a bunch of blocks and numbers. Um shout out to my accountants. I don't know how y'all do it, but um but 70% for unconscious competence. I don't think about it. I just do it 30% for I've learned to be good at this, but notice what's not in there. What's not in there at all is your incompetence. The things that you either are aware or unaware that you're bad at those things ought to be delegated. And that like just living by or doing your best to get things like in balance. I'm willing to bet that most people who are experiencing some sort of like unhappiness or dissatisfaction specifically in the workplace um or in their like time rhythms are probably i I would say almost definitely imbalanced when it comes to doing things that you're naturally good at and that are life-giving as opposed to doing things that you've learned to be good at as opposed to doing things that you're actually bad at but for whatever reason you have to do
1: yeah, I remember um, it was right before Kaylee was born. So our second kid, right before she was born, um, we just were not in a position where we were going to be able to afford childcare for me to like keep working. Childcare, I was actually losing money <laughs> <laughs> on the days that I had to go into work. Uh, we were paying our childcare more than I was making in a day, mm-hmm. and it was. Um, you know, you know. So we had to make the hard decision that even though I loved my job, um, I had to leave my job. And so after she was born, I fell into such a funk. Um, I, I mean, it, I, it was never diagnosed as postpartum depression, but looking back on that season of life, like that's mm-hmm. definitely something I went through. And I remember the that this was like the first time I heard about that seventy thirty. And I realized that um, nurturing is my, like on this list of five voices that mm-hmm. Giant Worldwide uses, nurturing mm-hmm. is my dead last function. Mm-hmm. It is the thing I am Mine too. inarguably bad at.
0: Pray for our kids.
1: And 100% of my life at that point in time. Was in positions of nurturing, looking at like being uh, staying home with the kids, looking at all of the volunteer positions that I was in. Um, I I had eventually started coaching at that time, but when you're coaching a small group of people, it's not the same. I mean, there's a a lot of nurturing that goes into uh, coaching and athletics, and 100% of what I was doing was things where I was having to be a primary nurturer for people. And I I looked at that and was like, how, how do I balance? Because the only thing that I could remove from my plate at that point was possibly coaching. I can't remove parenting. I can't, I can't remove taking care of my kids. I have to do that. And so um, I would pose the question to you guys because you guys have both been certified in in giant. You know, the, like walking people through stuff like this is something that you guys do. What What do you say to somebody um, when that's where they're at? When one hundred percent of where they're at is functioning um, in things that they're bad at, but also there's some things that you just can't remove. How do you start to work towards
2: balance? I would say, firstly, um, I think what you're describing, like, really points to, like, a life being lived in isolation. Yeah. So I think whenever we're in places that we feel like we're stuck in completely and we can't get out of, I think in any instance or any circumstance, like, whether it's professional or interpersonal, it means that we're like alone in isolation and whether it's like professional, whether it's at home, whether it's like in the context of the church, uh, we shouldn't live life alone at all. So if there's no one for me to delegate to, or to give things to, that means that I'm just not like in community in ways that I probably should be. I can think of when we first started citizens, um, we always had, like, this team idea or this team philosophy, this idea of, like, we wanted to have a plurality of leaders and we wanted, like, one person to not, like, be weighed down with everything. But literally what happened was, like, me and Steve got weighed down with everything. Like, because we were, like, the paid full-time people, like, everything really fell to us. And what happened, like, over time just... Man, I can't speak for Steve, but man, I just felt, I felt terrible. And the reality, it's crazy to just think that that was like three years ago. Mm -hmm. And to think of what God's done in the last three years with most of that being in a pandemic is crazy. Mm -hmm. Because now our team, like, yeah, blessing or curse, like, we're bivocational now. And the reality is, like, I can only do so much. Steve can only do so much like Heidi and sky and Sienna and everyone else on our team. Like they can only do like so much. They can only do pieces. And the ecosystem we have now is an ecosystem of team and a true ecosystem of, Hey, everyone is doing like things that is giving them life. And I think like we're seeing the fruit of that and like the hope that's happening in our church because our leadership team is now like in a space where we're functioning in our right hand. we're functioning in our 70, 30. Mm-hmm. Like one thing in giant, like one of the exercises you do with people is you have them write with their dominant hand, so you have them write their name like with mm-hmm. their dominant hand. For most people, that's their right hand. And then you have them like write their name with their left hand. The reality is, like most adults at this point in their life can like write their name like with their left hand. Mm-hmm. It looks ugly. It looks but, ugly. But it gets the job done. It gets the job done, right? Yeah. You can write it. But the reality is, like, when you're writing with your non-dominant hand, for me, it would be my left hand. It's going to take me longer. It's going to take more of my attention. And it's something that is completely unnatural. And no matter what I do, it's never going to look as good. Like, it's never going to look mm-hmm. as good. I could practice all day. Mm-hmm but it's never going to look as good as me writing my name with my right hand. Yep. So what happens when like you're writing your name with your right hand and you actually like what you're writing, man. Yeah. People come alive.
0: I would also say that like, it starts with, um, it's got to start with permission, uh, to, to be bad at some things
2: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> and for it to be Okay that you're bad at some things or that some things just don't come naturally to you. Um, I was in a workshop last week and my, uh, co-facilitator, uh, dropped this bar that I, that just like, I mean, I've heard things like it a bunch before, but for some reason, just maybe it's just where I'm at in life right now. For some reason, like when she said it in this workshop, I was like, dang, that's like, that's a word. Uh, She was talking about she she cited I need to like text her and ask her what it was because she cited some like some research, some like study that was published, an author that's probably super important and famous. And I just am being disrespectful right now, like like whatever, like she cited her source, but then was like was like, do you know how possible it is for you to strengthen your weakness? Like that, statistically, it's only possible for you to strengthen something you are weak in by about 10 to 15%. So you can spend all this time and all this effort and all this energy in getting better at the things that you're bad at, and you're only going to get 10 to 15% better. She said, But do you know how possible, like by at what rate you can increase what you are good at? She says it's exponential. And so with that same amount of time and energy that you're putting into getting your to getting your weakness, 10 to 15 percent better, you can become you can become out of your strengths over a thousand percent better at the things that you're that you're strong at. So I feel like we've got to like get to a place where we give ourselves permission to be bad at some things like it's OK it's okay that you can't write as well with your left as you do with your right. So write with your right and be really, really dope at that. Like it's okay that like yeah, that that the things that you struggle with don't like come naturally to you. Um because I think that I think that it matters not only for our own personal like well being. But it also matters as to like how people experience us. Like imagine at work where if your whole job was doing things that you were bad at or if your whole job was only doing things that you have learned to be good at but you don't naturally find to be like right-handed or life-giving to you. How would people experience you? They would experience you as either that idiot that sucks at their job or the person who's like they're fine at their job, but they've got a bad attitude all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, you were just saying earlier, like how people experience you at CVCA, and what was the key? What like what's the key to how how highly they think of you?
2: That I'm only doing I'm only doing <laughs> things that I'm, that I'm good at. Right, right. I'm not.
0: Whereas we have other employers that we could call. For, for all of us. There's and reasons they, be they like, don't get
2: put
1: down as recommendations. Man,
0: you know what I'm
2: saying? Goodness gracious. Sweet, sweet, sweet my Aunt Nancy at the North Kenton Chapel. She does all the finances. My sweet Aunt Nancy, she would just at the end of the month, when it was time to balance everything, she would just send me a text or she'd call me. She'd say, hi, James. She'd say, I don't have any of your receipts. She'd say... I know you did all this for the gospel ministry. All the money that you spent is great, <laughs> but do you have any of the receipts? And I'd always say, "I'm going to find them, Miss Nancy." <laughs> and then at the end of the year, faithfully, she would have to print off like the credit card, like <laughs> like the online credit card banking, and she'd say, "Okay, I highlighted these things, and I created a spreadsheet. Just type in a sentence." Just, just type in a sentence.
0: What were these for? What were these for? <laughs>
2: I never gave her any receipts.
0: Man, so thank God you have thank other people that can write your recommendation. That's not the way Nancy experienced you. Oh, and what's God. the key? The key is having somebody else alongside of you that does the things well that you don't do well, and you only being asked to do and actually only functioning in the things that you do really well. And how much life do you do you find in that? A oh, whole ton. man. It's great. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's, it's to a great extent. Like it's gotta start with permission to like, just, just own it, just own it and call it out and be like, look, I'm super aware that I'm really bad at this and it's all good.
1: Yeah. And I think this, this translates so directly into parenting. Uh, It translates so directly into parenting. Like, I'm just going to be 100% honest. Um, I hate crafts. I hate crafts. Yeah. I don't want to do crafts. I always struggled with glue. I, I struggle with all of it. Like, I hate yeah. how messy it is. I hate that I never know what my kids are making. Never. I never have any idea what it is that they're showing me. And I, I, I just hate doing them. And I felt this, like, huge guilt because I'm like, look at all my mom friends who love doing this with their kids. Look at these cute things that they're posting on Instagram. Like, look how adorable they are. And then, like, something flipped in my brain. I don't know when it was. Maybe it was when I learned the 70-30 thing and I started trying to figure out, like, how do I find this balance? I'm so thankful for my sister-in-law's. Man. My I have amazing sister in law. Shout out to
0: Auntie Marlowe and Auntie Katie.
1: Seriously, like they set up so much fun stuff to do with my kids. Like they <laughs> they both have these amazing craft rooms in their house that's just never gonna exist in my house. But my kids have so much fun going to their houses and doing them. And then at like at Kaylee's preschool, there was this one mom in their class, who made treat bags every single month for the kids for like every single holiday. And Kaylee would bring these home and she would be so excited. And I'm like, thank God for that mom who who loves to do that and who wants to do that because that's just never going to be me. And it's perfectly fine that that is never going to be me because my kids have stuff that they have fun doing with me And they don't expect crafts from me because they know that they're going to get that from Auntie Marlo and Auntie Katie. And when they go to school, they know that there's that room mom who's going to make these incredible treat bags. So they don't ask me for them. Like, thank God we don't have to do every single amazing thing for our kids because it's okay that it comes from other
0: people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I'm... I would stake a whole lot. If, if there were a world where I were a gambling man, guys, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny. If I were a gambling man, I would tell you, I would, I would bet the house that the closer you work to balancing things, 70, 30, the more, uh, you, your experience will be at work at home and wherever it is that that you play
1: all right so if you're finding yourself if you're feeling like you're living in such an imbalance if um if something if something hits you today and you're like man i really need to prioritize that 70 percent and figure out how to get there um i hope that i hope that something um that these guys said resonated i um in our description for this episode i will link up the giant worldwide five voices test so that you can figure out what your strengths are because maybe you're not even sure um, what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are um that's a huge part of figuring out your 70 30 balance so we'll put that in the description on this episode um so that you can find that and we'll see you back here in two weeks what's up